0: to Passion Pod number 36 with Megan Piper at the Piper Gallery.
1: So, Megan, Piper Gallery... First
0: birthday.
1: First birthday! I mean, where's the cake? We need the candles. (laughs) Um, If you were at a drinks party or something like that and you heard someone summing up what the Piper Gallery was?
0: Um, I would hope that they heard about it and remembered it in the, the kind of context accurately. So the premise of the gallery is that I only represent artists whose careers have spanned 40 years or more. So the programme is really looking at rediscovering, reevaluating artists who've slipped under the radar slightly. And sometimes people can hear that and reinterpret it and remember it slightly differently. So about it being a gallery for older artists, um, when in fact it's less about artist age, it's more, for me, about their career as artists. So sort of the whole process of it, the whole spanning of it. Exactly. And that's why, for instance, I don't represent artists who perhaps retired from another career and started painting or sculpting. And it's really about their studio practice that they've maintained across their life without perhaps the necessity of exhibition.
1: And how does someone you, you know? You're a young girl in your twenties, I'm guessing. Is that twenty-eight? Right? <laughs> Perfect. It'd <to> be slightly <laughs> awkward. Uh, what drew you to that?
0: It was a couple of years ago, at a time when I was working for a company called Momart, who coordinate the logistical side of exhibitions. And at the same time, I was sitting on the board of governors of my primary school, which is near the Barbican, uh, run by the most extraordinary woman called Mog Hercules, the great maid, great woman. Great <laughs> you have a name like that. You've actually got to be awesome. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting on the board of governors. The chairman of the board of governors. Is an artist called Vaughan Grills, who's now a gallery artist. Oh, cool! Um, and I sort of got to know him through governor's sort of meetings and talking to him about recent work and projects that he had upcoming that obviously I was interested in. And then three summers ago, he had two exhibitions. In close succession, one was the Slade rehung his 1970 degree show.
1: Wow!
0: Which How cool! Forty years because it was 2010, and so 40 years on, sort of looking at the resonance that those early works had. And shortly afterwards, Jonathan Watkins, who is the director of Icon Gallery in Birmingham, staged a survey of Icon's artistic program of the 70s, and again Vaughan was included in this group show. Right. And I went up to Birmingham. And saw this show and somehow on the train back from Birmingham I had this idea. I mean there were a lot of artists in that show that I knew and lots that I didn't know, probably more that I didn't, many more that I didn't know. And I thought to have been showing an icon in the 70s, they themselves must be in the 60s, 70s, 80s, some are no longer alive. And I thought, you know, did they continue their studio practice? What are they doing now? Are they still in their studios as foreigners? And there's got to be a space in London that sort of celebrates the careers of artists. We've just slipped under the radar for one reason or another. You can be represented, a gallery can, can close, you can actually make an active decision that you don't want to be a part of the commercial market for other reasons.
1: Also, I love the idea, as someone who's from a very unartistic background actually the human element of it for me is really attractive, the whole sort of story as well.
0: Mm. Is that, I mean I feel extremely lucky to be able to go into an artist's studio and, and sit with them and talk about what they're doing now, I mean to still have excited phone calls saying, you know Megan I need you to come over I've been working for the last month on this new body of work and I really want you to see it and to see how it's developed and you know, to be able to look at certain works and know they're from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s and understand that, I mean the the program really focuses on recent work. I think for me, obviously, I di- I wasn't around in the '60s or '70s. I didn't see their shows the first time around So there is a sense of you know seeing things for the first time but really showing the recent work it's fresh for everybody it's the first time that certain works have been shown yeah there's a great
1: quote I think it's by Peter Brook about seeing the world with fresh eyes or yeah. something like that and it reminds me of that kind of thing it's like it kind of been there for sort of you know 40 years but seeing it in a different context and at a different time
0: mm-hmm. and I think that I've selected artists that I feel have a freshness a vitality you know and they're continuing to produce interesting and dynamic work now and so the selection of artists very much is a mirror to my own tastes and work that I feel is kind of interesting contemporary artists
1: so what yeah that just leads me into wondering what your background was we've got a little idea of how you came to opening the gallery but what were you doing before then have you always been involved in the art world wanted to run your own business Mm -hmm.
0: or I think I've always wanted to run my own business without perhaps having that level of awareness to be able to vocalise it. Um, so often the case that I think. Yeah.
1: So you then finally like oh this is cool. Oh, I
0: started my first business when I was 19. Okay um, what was that doing? Um, I mean it wasn't a business in the sense that I mean it was on a completely different scale to what I'm doing now so in many ways it's not really comparable. It was more of a gap year project. Place to start though. Yeah. For three months I had a stall in Camden Market. I used to buy jewellery wholesale on Berwick Street in Soho. And then I sold some of the prints that I made it, when I was doing art level And then my mum and I designed and made handmade cushions. And I just loved it. I think I enjoyed the challenge of, you know, what jewellery was I selecting? What designs would people like? And it was interesting because... Quite often, what I thought people would like and what I thought would sell well didn't, which is a a difficult but interesting lesson to learn. And
1: actually one that's good for the whole way through.
0: completely. And also that things are unpredictable. I mean, you'd have a great weekend one weekend, and then the next weekend you'd just make your rent. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it. That's just how it is. And I think learning that early on was was good. It wasn't easy. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a firm believer that it's not supposed to be easy. Things that are worth doing aren't easy. And if they were, everyone would be doing them. So I did that for three months. And then I went travelling with the money I made. And then I went to university. Were you studying art and art? No, I actually studied psychology. Okay, awesome. Um, I think my sort of art history education actually started when I was a child. My parents... Uh, used to every day from when I was about I know, three and a half I don't know, I'd have to double check <laughs> um, <laughs> Can't they, remember that they, well. they used to put postcards in my lunchbox every day that my teachers would read to me um, and my parents were always very clear that children needed to know what to expect from their day and what was happening so it would normally tell me what was going to happen in my day so if I was going swimming or which one of my parents would pick me up so I kind of always knew what to expect and then they would ask me a question about the postcard, uh, about the artwork um,
1: so cool. It's <laughs> just so cool. What awesome parents you have!
0: Really inspired. Yeah,
1: really inspired. That's exactly the right word.
0: Um, and I've still got uh, old suitcases filled with these postcards. And I mean, I, that if I were tracing back where it all started, I'd probably pinpoint that as really key for me in my growing up. And also. Um, My parents got divorced when I was nine and I had the weekdays with my mum and then three out of four weekends I'd be with my dad. And so when you go somewhere for a weekend, there's some sort of activity that you do. You're not just having your continued day-to-day family life. Over the weekend, and so I think you know, my dad used to take my brother and I to exhibitions. That was sort of what we would do on the weekend. That was the the, the activity. activity. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny there were shows that I remember seeing that really had such a sort of lasting impact on me. It was, it was a huge gift my parents gave me in doing that
1: and also as you say that sort of whether one does a degree doesn't do a degree that's sort of it's an essence rather than specifically studying art it's just a different way into the world or having an interest in it I I guess yeah
0: I think if you're hungry for knowledge and you're passionate about something I don't think there are conventional ways of doing things I think you make it up it's funny thinking now that you know I worked at MoMA for two and a half years and when I handed in by resignation. I thought I had all of my ideas so sort of sorted and ready and actually things take time. So um, had,
1: you, had you saved enough to, to not be working for a bit of time? How did you manage that transition?
0: I had a certain amount of money that I put into the business but I had to find investment and um, I had to find somebody that could really see beyond practical limitations of very big ambitious ideas and really run with A dream. Do you have any advice for that? I think I'd never written a complete business plan in the way that I had to do for this. Um when I had the company when I was, you know, eighteen, nineteen, whatever I was, I think it was probably my mum who said that you had to you have to be able to kind of summarise what you're doing in, in a paragraph and then I had to obviously work through figures and spreadsheets so you knew how much you were buying things in at and what you were selling them on at and what your overheads were and you know I mean, in a very basic way. I didn't do maths A-level, I stopped maths at GCSE. I think I did, yeah, I did young enterprise at school, but, you know, hadn't sort of developed any of that. Um, So, you know, there was a lot to learn. But actually, it's one thing to have an idea that you can talk about, but actually sitting down, putting pen to paper and writing, actually, what do you want to do? This is the idea, this is where I am, this is where I want to be, and this is how I'm planning to get there and all of the numbers to back it up. So that was one thing. I mean, um, I've got a business partner, Andrew Morris, that I work with. And he's the only investor in the gallery and the most brilliant business partner. I mean, I was lucky I was introduced to him actually through my brother um, because he's the father of one of my brother's best friends. How amazing. It's so fortuitous. He heard about it over, I think, family dinner that Ben mentioned that Duncan had a sister that was doing this. Duncan then kind of expanded on it when he next saw Andrew and Andrew said can you ask Megan to call me and then that's where it started it took a time for us to work out how it was all going to come together because as I say when I resigned I actually I had this idea but I hadn't worked out the nitty gritty
1: but do you think that is just a matter of time
0: um. Um, yes and no. I think, I think you need to be able to kind of get your head around the nitty gritty quite early on. Otherwise, it's this sort of abstract, kind of loose, free-flowing thing. And things don't happen when everything's kind of, you know, it's just too loose. You need, you need things that are concrete. And when you're talking to people, you need to be able to say, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think I think that's why writing things down is a really great discipline, because it forces you to articulate your thoughts in a kind of more structured fashion because you know, talk is it's brilliant you know, it's, and it's important basically you need both you need to be able to inspire somebody with, with an idea and be able to talk about it but when you leave that conversation when you leave that meeting you can't email them a recording of the conversation You actually, it has to be something that's solid and, and you have to be able to summarise it and it be, be real I'd love
1: to do that, sorry that's just made me think I would love to run my life like that it's
0: like, yep, here's the recording,
1: just refer to that. and <laughs> yes.
0: that just be awesome? Yeah. Just to recap on what, um, what we've talked about.
1: Here's, here's, the, here's the MP3. Yeah. Have a listen have to a that. Listen. <laughs> Get you up to speed. Yeah. If you were to give yourself advice, if you were to do it again, would that be the thing to kind of hone in on a bit more, to have got that nitty-gritty down to start with, or is there anything else that you think you'd have said to yourself?
0: Ooh, um, I think one thing that... I think both Andrew and I I don't want to speak on behalf of him but I think he would agree that a successful business is doing something a little bit differently you can't replicate somebody else's business well, I don't think you can, and, that, and that's why when I had the idea for the gallery, you know, there's lots of other galleries that are incorporating what I'm doing in a wider programme. I think that's important, to have a succinct idea that sort of, you know, is it's slightly different, and it doesn't have to be radical. That's really important. Um, I don't know. I think if I were talking to somebody who were kind of thinking about going off and doing their own thing, it would be about commitment. You really have to want it. It's not easy, and I think if you don't have that commitment, then you would just. I, I don't. I, I think you need that really. You've got to believe that you can do it, and be prepared that there are kind of hurdles and bumps, and it's a really steep learning curve. And you for me, i would never actually worked in a gallery, which sounds. I don't know. I think I think maybe it sounds, sounds quite mad. <laughs> I think that sounds
1: wonderful. I was just about to say quite the opposite. How refreshing.
0: Yeah, it was funny because we had a five-month building project here. We'd had four architects pitch for the design, appointed the architect, and they started, I mean, within days of uh, getting keys, and they were, here for, well, they were on site for nearly five months, completely gutted, and rebuilt it. And then just as the building work was finishing, there was this word brave that kept coming up in conversation. Sweaty palm, baby. Really? Gosh, I didn't. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, And I think if you, you know, kind of believe that you can do it, then you don't think about whether or not it's brave because it's just something that you've got to do. And actually, when I had the idea for the gallery, it was as if I'd had the idea for my whole life. And it was like a penny that dropped. And I suddenly couldn't think about doing anything else, and I still can't. It feels like the most obvious thing in the world that this is what I'd be doing. It's like the idea, I'd lived with it forever. And actually, when I came back from Birmingham, and I rang, I rang my mum, or she rang me, and said, oh, you no, know, how was Birmingham? And I said, oh, it changed my life. And I could imagine thinking, I wish she didn't say things like that, because it's so awful. <laughs> But uh, I said, Oh, no, it's completely true. And she said, well, this sounds, you know, this sounds serious. Come up and see me. I'll meet you in Crouch End. And so I got on the 91 bus. And I was completely buzzing with excitement. And she bought me a bottle of champagne and bought me dinner. And we sat for however many hours talking through this idea. And the more I talked about it, the more it felt real. And, and also... Felt completely comfortable, that it made sense. I uh, so that was, yeah, that was, that was the beginning. That was just
1: so wonderful. I just love the idea of you just sitting on the bus you've gone on a million times and then being like, yeah, everything's changed. <laughs> Cheers, Birmingham. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was really exciting. You know, and I still have that sense of excitement. You know, it's our first birthday today and it's still just the beginning. Yeah, it's been an extraordinary start. We are on our ninth exhibition And uh, also, a huge amount of fun. I really believe if you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. You know, running the gallery is just something that I do. You've been listening to Passion Pod number 36 with Megan Piper at the Piper Gallery.